It's March 22nd, 2017, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's technology, science, and of course, startup scene. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. We're going to kick off today's show learning about Scholar's App, a local tool to help students find financial aid. And then we'll talk to Donovan Keloha and the team over at Vivi about Purple Prize, Purple Maya, and about building apps with Aloha Aina. Absolutely. So getting started, joining us here in the studio is Travin Watase. He is founder of Scholars App and winner of the HVCA Student Entrepreneur of the Year Award. Welcome to the show, Travin. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so Travin, I've uh, met you before, and we've talked about the Scholars App. And I think when, when I first met you, it was in more of a beta stage and you were gathering all the resources out there that perhaps were contributing to potential scholarships that students could get. But now it's like a full-fledged application. That is correct. So we actually have majority, like you're saying, we're aggregating all of the resources. Mm -hmm. So now we actually have majority of all Hawaii scholarships on board. Um, Students can actually find and apply for all these scholarships quickly and easily. Now the Scholars App team is made up of many students and you obviously being a student, it sounds to me that Scholars App was born out of a personal need that you saw needed to be filled. Yeah. So uh, just a little bit on the story, I guess, of why I started. So when I was a senior in high school, mm-hmm. I actually spent a lot of time applying for scholarships. And where were you at high school? I was at Farrington and okay. I graduated 2013. Uh-huh. So in that time, it was 2013, right? And I was like, well, there are so many paper applications out there for scholarships. This didn't feel like the digital age to me. Mm-hmm. So I filled out all the scholarships and I was a little frustrated with it. But then as soon as I graduate, I actually decided to turn around and create a scholarship or try to create a scholarship to give back to somebody else. But um, so I actually spent the last week out of every month eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for one week out of every month just to save 50 bucks so I could pay for a $500 scholarship. Uh But with $500 in my hand, I actually found out that I was being rejected. A lot of organizations. That's too uh, small. It's too small. Exactly. It's like how how can someone give back to the community that way? So I saw it, I saw it from as soon as I graduated high school from both ends of the spectrum, from the student perspective and the donor perspective. And we just wanted to go out to make the experience better for both sides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So did you ultimately find a place where you could actually have money reside and, and create a scholarship? Not for $500. Okay. So um, Instead, you started a startup. Exactly. <laughs> to help students in that way. So um, I know it's been live for some time. How has it evolved since the launch of Scholars App? Oh, <laughs> it evolved a lot. Um, so actually, we move from not only scholarships, but also schools now. So students can also apply for schools for free on our site. Um, it's also more of a common app, and we're um, dealing with more of the paper applications. Mm-hmm. Now, now, give me a little bit of uh, the – you gave me the history of how Scholars App got formed. Did you go through one of the accelerators? Um, we never completed an accelerator. So did you, uh, as far as the recognition that HVCA g- gave you, was that as a result of being part of a, um, let's say, Scheidler School of Business? Or where where did you actually get the recognition? Did somebody just nominate you and that's how it kind of unfolded? I honestly have no idea how that <laughs> unfolded. Um, it was... Just very fortunate. Uh, mm-hmm. just well, to say that. definitely congratulations. So you you came in with that understanding that paper... Forms were not, you know, ideal. So part of the app, this web app that you've built kind of comes up with common fields that can be submitted to all of these programs. So it sounds to me that in addition to helping students, you're helping some of these scholarship programs find students to apply because I know that's also sometimes a challenge. Exactly. So that was the biggest challenge that we found out once I um, learned more about 
being a scholarship donor was that most of these donors are not receiving enough applications. Mm -hmm. There's consistent donors who actually have more recipient slots than they actually are applications Hmm. being submitted. So once it's like the experience is not good, they're not being able to have a selection process anymore. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, our main thing is we actually have shown to increase applications for donors that are on our site by sometimes double what they got last year. Because I could, uh, or a student could, not me, could fill out this form and then check many boxes to just see, hey, let's apply to all of these scholarships and see if I meet any of their criteria? Kind of, sort of. So they're able to uh, fill out a profile, and then from the profile entries, we'll actually match make them to the scholarship. Oh, I see, I see. So based on, like, your GPA, are you an athlete or not, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, did you have to get any, uh, let's say, approval or acceptance by the, you know, the donors so that you would be able to feed into their pool of, of applicants? Um. Yes and no, a little bit. So we um, basically are information resource. So we are taking the information, we're vetting through it, and then we're providing it to the student. Mm-hmm. But we do have donors who want a full digital solution mm-hmm. in terms of uh, they don't want students to apply on paper anymore and mail it in and mm-hmm. you know pay the postage and stuff like that. So what we do for them is we actually give a full application. So it's not just the general profile fields, but we allow the entire application, letter of recommendation and all, to be applied online. And you also mentioned that in addition to now applying for scholarships, they can work for school applications. I saw Dev League, of course, we know them well. Um, any other schools that I can use your, someone could use your service to apply to? York University and Tokai. And you can apply for both of those colleges for free on our site. That's and did great. you did you bootstrap this from your own savings, and or did you try to bring in you know some let's say fundraising uh, model, yeah, some or... fundraising to? I was very lucky. So being a UH student, uh, there's access to different student competitions. Mm-hmm. So um, I went out and competed in uh, some of these competitions, and that really helped to finance the initial. Oh, okay, which competitions did you compete in? Um, so Leeward Business Plan Competition was my first, and then the Shiler BIC uh, Breakthrough Innovation Challenge, mm-hmm. and then um, I competed in uh, the California Dreaming Competition at Chapman University. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So and um, obviously from all of that and your HVCA award, uh, you're you're standing on the out roll. from the crowd. Congratulations! Right. So if some Somebody now hearing this and perhaps like me has a child going to college, where can they go to use the Scholars app? They can go to scholarsapp.com and just click the button. Just click the button. Is there a fee to be (laughs) a There's absolutely no fee for students to apply. Uh They can apply for scholarships for free. Oh, very good. Well, thanks, Chavin, for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. And, of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Donovan Kealoha, Adam um, Laimana, and, of course, Kamu Enos. And we'll talk about... Purple Maya, Purple Prize, and of course, Vi Vi. Don't go away. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting, Sacred Hearts Academy, and Urgent Care Hawaii. Radio with Vision is nothing without listeners. It's time to celebrate you for being part of the community we're building. Noe Tanigawa here. Join us for Listener Appreciation Week starting March 18th. We've got a lot of fun live events planned, tours of our Honolulu broadcast studios, a coffee tasting, a family-friendly opera, and dance parties on Hawaii Island. Find out more by clicking events at hawaiipublicradio.org. Hi, I'm Lillian Zong, producer of The Conversation. I appreciate the active callers and engaged listeners who listen to our show and HPR. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us in the studio, Donovan Kealoha, Kamu Inos, and Adam Laimana. 
And, of course, uh, Donovan is one of the co-founders of Purple Maya. And, of course, he's a partner over at Startup Capital Ventures. And Kamu Inos is one of the uh, Purple Maya board members. Adam Laimana, meanwhile, is uh, on the ViVi team. In fact, he's the developer and participated in the <laughs> inaugural Purple Prize Hackathon. And we'll ask him all about how that experience was because that's coming up again on Saturday. And how do you, you know, we want to know, how do you imbibe an application with Aloha Aina? Donovan, Kamu, Adam, we want to welcome you all to Bite Mark Cafe. Thank you for having us. Aloha. Aloha. Now, uh, I guess we'll start with Donovan, since we haven't had you on the show for, I don't know, how many years. Uh, Purple Maya, we've, you know, you've had uh, pretty good coverage on Hawaii News Now recently uh, about a program that you guys have been running in classrooms, right? Yeah, well, first, I want to mahalo you guys for inviting us onto the show. You know, Purple Maya has been around for about three years. We're mm-hmm. an ed tech organization. Uh, you know, you can think of it as a STEM type of programming that we bring to um, rural, underserved schools. But what we, makes us a little bit different is we try to uh, instill Hawaiian culture, Hawaiian values in our pedagogy and our approach in working with kids. And so we like to take kids out to lo, the lo'i, the, the taro patches, and, and talk to them about how this is sort of an ancestral science and technology in and of itself and try to draw uh, parallels with modern technology so that they can see themselves mm-hmm. as uh, capable and empowered to be able to uh, take on tough tasks like coding, which they do on the first day of class. So Donovan, um, last year was the inaugural Purple Prize, and I was one of the many people who were fortunate to participate in the kickoff. It was at the University of Hawaii's uh, Hawaiian Studies Center, and there was time. You know, you go to a, what you might think of as a hackathon, and you think it's a bunch of nerds, and you're just going to sit around a computer. But it started, as you said, in the low-e, knee-deep in mud, pulling taro, <laughs> cleaning the cleaning the field, and in fact, also a walk along the the the, the waterway that feeds the uh, the, the that, that taro field, the kainuai. So, um, what was the the impetus of that, and what is going to be the next evolution of this Purple Prize. Well, the the idea for doing a hackathon that's different kind of stemmed from a couple of different places. One, participating in a number of startup weekends and seeing hackathons kind of do things the certain way with high-energy drinks, pizzas, mm-hmm. and just this mm-hmm. real yeah, fallout and a crash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also coming across a different kind of hackathon that was hosted in Japan where it was focused on sort of the Zen practice and Zen principles, and it was just a very different kind of... Uh, framework for thinking about how to develop technologies. And as a result, the kinds of ideas that came out of that was just different than what you would see at a typical startup weekend. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, um, being a native Hawaiian, being in the technology industry and being an investor, I kind of sit at this interesting intersection of, you know, having insights and um, being of native Hawaiian descent and thinking things should be different and it shouldn't be a mutually exclusive thing, right? And so trying to bring the two together uh, because as you know, folks know, Hawaiians were great adopters of technology in the past and can point to all kinds of different things. And so, you know, we we wanted to kind of put together uh put the experiment. Basically last year was an experiment. What if we brought together some cultural folks, some mm-hmm. techies, and we created a, a comfortable place where folks can talk with each other, not at each other, which is sort of typically how it's done. Um, you know, what kinds of conversations could evolve. And if we gave them a specific theme, last year's theme was Aloha Aina, what kinds of projects, ideas could kind of develop and evolve as a result. And, you know, we've got a great example of that (laughs) that you guys will kind of learn more about too. Absolutely. Well, I do want to get to Adam, but I want to give Kamu a chance to talk a little bit about 
you were very involved with the design of Purple Prize in the inaugural year. What lessons did you learn and how do you see perhaps some things changing in the second uh, Purple Prize? Well, I think the opportunity before us is to fundamentally grapple with the word technology and to use a grad student word, decolonize it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think one of the challenges we think is that technology is a recent thing when actuality, technology as we understand it, <clears throat> is ancestral too. And the differentiation, I think, between contemporary and ancestral technologies is to what end. And I think the danger we see in society, we do technology for technology's sake. Sick, right. What's a meaningful way to root it in a deeper moral compass and deeper principles that help it redefine itself? And when we look at ancestral technology, which was the intention of having them work in the lo'i, we begin to see that all of these things work toward a very specific end. And then it was, how do people live on an island indefinitely? So Mm -hmm. what's the social structures? What's the interface with their natural systems? And how do they work together to create a whole that's greater than the sum type of outcome? Mm -hmm. Now, when you opened the program, I mean, I was definitely moved by the things that you said in terms of tying it to uh, indigenous knowledge, but also what, you know, perhaps the nerds in the audience understand as far as technology and what that could mean in terms of opportunity. Um, Can you you explain the the term that you had uh, used called, you said, uh, monetization. Yeah. <laughs> I have this kind of schizophrenia, or maybe like a form of Tourette's, where I just mash words together. <laughs> <laughs> so it came out of that space. But um, I think the reality why we we make these compound words is that <clears throat> there are two specific um, epistemologies coming together: an ancestral and a contemporary one. And how do we find how do we find the right way to talk about it? To me, monetization was. This idea of things get evaluated, and um, I'm, I'm a neophyte at the tech sector, but I'm really fascinated. That's why I came on as a board member. But mm-hmm. you know, these ideas just get a life of their own that may or may not be attached to any tangible service to society, and they get money thrown at it, like the latest Snapchat or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they, ancestrally, the idea of mana was super important because mana was the chief's right to rule, and a chief couldn't rule over starving people and dying landscapes, right? So how do you use um, money to serve mana? How are we investing in something beyond just a pure fiscal ROI, but a deeper kind of outcome where by these investments, yeah, you can make money, but you're actually creating the preconditions of mana. The land is thriving. The people are fit. And I had someone tell me I had to do a a learning. um, I was the Midyar Fellow, so I had to do a a learning journey to San, um, San Jose to go Silicon Valley and uh, my wife actually told me, like, there's things that you'll see that people hunger for. It's connectivity and authenticity. Mm-hmm. And those are two things that ancestral people have. And that's the cornerstone of their society. And if they're hungering for that, and that's the cornerstone of who you are, don't be intimidated by that. And if you're not at that table, you're on that menu, and they're going to be using Hawaiian words to put STD apps out. So we mm. have, we're getting called to the table because of what they're saying about us as an entryway to understand that so we can participate as equals, not as second-class citizens. Yes, let's not talk about the hula app. <laughs> yeah, so very good. And, and I, I do want to talk a little bit more about the Purple Prize and the process that uh, we will perhaps go through on Saturday. But we have Adam here, and Adam <laughs> went through the Purple Prize in year one. And we did. I, I we think did. the team that uh, uh, came up with the Vibe app, I mean, it's a part of the halepili.com, right? And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the driving force actually comes from uh, my cousin Jenny, Mm -hmm. who her and her husband Ray, they uh, had this program, Halepili. 
and yeah, a lot of it is, I guess, just shaping. Well, a lot of it is based on the education that they give towards their children. She homeschools her four children, and um, a lot of it is having, I guess, resources and programs centered around a Hawaiian worldview um, that she can give them. Mm-hmm. In like their elementary and secondary. I kind of saw a tagline that said something like "schoolhouse of knowledge." Pahale Pili is like the schoolhouse of knowledge. So, uh, is it accurate to say that they are in the business of kind of creating content, and in the process of creating content, kind of imbibe it with you know these cultural values? Yeah, well, most definitely. Um, she Jenny is really good at um, creating opportunities, I mm-hmm. guess, for her children, uh, opportunities to learn and opportunities to create, and so when. Purple Maya came around, and when she heard about it, um, her first, I guess, priority was to see how can um, how can the kids get involved, and um, how can we already start them on the track to, I guess, just be proactive in creating, um, yeah, just creating things that are centered around uh, Hawaiian. Hawaiian so tell us, Hawaiian can you tell us a little bit about what the the Vibe app does? So. The YY app is, um, we created it for younger children, like between the ages of two and six. Mm-hmm. Mostly that, so that they can be exposed to, um, I guess, broader ideas about um, Malamaina. And I guess um, the, the bigger idea was that for children who don't have access to um, work the lo'i like every weekend or every day, they don't have access to um, work in a fish pond, say they don't even live here in the islands, that they'll have something to at least, through osmosis, they can start to learn about, like, these terms. They can learn, I guess, even just visually. Um, like the some what, of the concepts. Kalo, kalo plant, yeah, yeah. What, what a hulu would look like and things like that. Um, yeah, we were able to preview the app this morning and um, is co- coming out in beta soon or <laughs> alpha soon. And it's beautiful. And it explores, you know, water when it's in the clouds, water when it's in the mountains, when it's in streams. And, and, and of course, the importance that it that it pays to life. Uh, what is the, what, what's the rollout plan for that app? The rollout plan, so we're testing it right now. Right now and um, the core functionality is has all been implemented. Um, and right now we're kind of just refining, I guess, the user experience. Mm-hmm. So the activities are all there. Um, the lo'i, um, mele, things like that. But um, we just have to, I guess, create like a tutorial system, basically, something that will help the user understand how to use the application itself. Now, <clears throat> as you had proposed the idea is, as a part of the Purple Prize, and at the at the demo, I mean, you guys were I think you guys were second, right, in terms of uh, uh, acknowledgement. Uh, since the Purple Prize demo day, you've you and Jenny and your team have continued to work on it. Was there anything that you needed to continue to motivate you to keep it on track? Um. So we've been in contact with the uh, Purple. Uh, we get a lot of their emails and. Um, I think honestly, hearing about their um, next kickoff, mm-hmm. this um, first inaugural one, was a, a big motivator. Um, we're both parents. Um, I'm at school full time. Jenny is um, homeschooling. So we've always we've worked been working really hard on it, um, but kind of at our own pace. And um, I want to say after learning about. 
this uh, next purple prize, uh, productivity has gone up. Uh, <laughs> so, so in a way, in a way, you you, you, you yeah. let the purple prize uh, uh, kickoff, which is happening on Saturday, be a target to actually accomplish one of your milestones. Exactly, it's yeah. a nice little forcing function. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Donovan, did you help? You know, sort of uh, <clears throat> encourage them to. Yeah. Meet so there a, were a couple a of like structural things that we did to try to encourage continued development. Okay. So there was ongoing communication with the, the team captain, Jenny. Um, the way that we structured the award um, was sort of based on milestones. Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. you know, some was given up front and there was, you know, milestones that had to be achieved in order to get the rest of it. And then throughout there was um, just an open invitation for them to come and ask us for resources to help. And I just shared with Adam outside, you know, we've got folks that just reached out to me that wanted to help them on a technical basis with mm. some of the development too if and offered that up if they were, that was of interest to them. So, um, you know, those are the kinds of things that we learned last year that we're going to try to implement this year. I think one of the things is create sort of a longer development timeline. So that's why we're starting in March as opposed to May. Um, trying to create more opportunities for folks to interface with each other. And so offline, Ryan, you talked about utilizing Slack as sort of a, an engagement tool for teams that do decide to participate to engage with each other because last year it was pretty much Purple Maya and the teams. Mm-hmm. Purple Maya and the mm-hmm. teams. And mm-hmm. so if you can build that connectivity that uh, Kamu talked about amongst themselves, I think, you know, rising tide lifts all ships, right? Mm-hmm. So. so Kamu, for this Saturday's kickoff for the second annual Purple Prize, uh, not to have you um, give away the really good stuff, but is there a theme this year and, and, and what will you be uh, sharing with participants? One of the speakers that we have is a professor that we're working with at UH West Wahoo, Professor Albie Miles, and we helped to co-create. My other hat I wear is I work at Mountain Farms, but we created a Bachelor's of Applied Science in hmm. Sustainable Community Food Systems. And I think the the practice that we're learning there, the climate change is real, health disparity is real, and wealth disparity are real. And those are all these things that the, the data we have now, and looking at it in pre-contact time, leadership would have been killed because they're not living into their right as chiefs. <laughs> so we, we're trying to put these things back on the table. Tech should be serving these types of stuff. I mean, it doesn't matter if we're, inter- if we're connected instantly over Snapchat or other types of technologies mm-hmm. if we can't live in Hawaii anymore because of climate change or we can't grow our own food. So I'm trying to really use this as a space to reroute and to provide participants a um, chance to really hear some of the challenge, challenges facing us to reground these conversations and to use this critical mass, this like hive, indigenous hive mind, if you will, to have um, that challenge put in front of them that they can trigger some really deep innovation because I think the first function of climate change mm. is going to really cause some beautiful things to happen, I think, for mm-hmm. us to adapt to. So, Donovan, do you have um, other speakers on the program? What, how is the day going to be structured on Saturday? Yeah, so we, we're start, we start bright and early Saturday at 7.30 at um, Kaniwai Lo'i at the Hawaiian Studies Building. Spend a couple of hours there just getting grounded, again, to the point of connectivity, not mm-hmm. with just each other, but with also the, the aina. And then we're moving the formal agenda to halau inana and mo ili ili. Mm-hmm. Um, Kamu is one of our speakers. We're gonna, uh, we are gonna we have Tom Pena from Homai Kapono who's going to be taking us through this interactive exercise and looking at Oahu and how the streams flowed, you know, pre-contact and... Um, implications for why things are now and then we have also as a keynote speaker dr dr maya Toro ing who's going to be speaking and mm. um and then after that is really just trying to create a create sort of 
the space and a lot some time for the conversations to kind of evolve and and develop amongst the participants. So. Now, can you can you share a little bit about what you saw in the Vivi app that gave them sort of the you know the 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 voting yeah. recognition that they got? Well. I know. I don't think you were no. Part of so the, that was I. We, purple Mike and uh, none of the Purple Mike uh, affiliated folks were judges, right? Were jurors, right, and so right, right. I liked it. I just thought it was it was you know for one thing the the presenter was uh, was your niece, right? Yeah, a real girl. And she started off Laura. with an Oli, which is very different, right? You don't mm-hmm. see pitches starting off with Olis and uh-huh. taking us through how it demos and like was was cool is you know the ask, right? As a VC, you, you always ask people, you know, you got to get to the point of asking for things, and so she had a definite ask. We need them the prize to be able to fully develop this and deploy it and reach more kids and mm-hmm. teach them about Malamaina principles. And so, mm-hmm. you know, from an outside observer, interest, somewhat disinterested party, I thought that was pretty cool. So, and Adam, you're going to be part of the program this weekend, but are you going to also join another team, be a resource, <laughs> or is it it's heads down for Vivi? Heads Vi-Vi. down for Vivi, right? Yeah, heads down right now, um, full production, no plans to uh, join a new team or um, work on any other projects yet, but we um, definitely have ideas that uh, we'd like to pursue. Well, you know, uh, um, Adam, I mean, if you were to give some suggestions or recommendations to teams that are out there that are thinking of forming, can you give them some advice as to how to approach the Purple Prize? Yeah, um, just don't hesitate. Um, like Donovan mentioned before, um, my niece was able to present at the Purple Mile um, competition itself, and just being a part of it, like seeing her get involved and seeing her enthusiasm and the experience that she gained from doing that was worth um, like mm. everything, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. just being involved, um, regardless of you know like prizes or anything. So um, if they're thinking about it, just do it. Just email them. That's how we started. We just emailed them. We didn't have any ideas. We didn't even know what we were going to do. Um, but we just sent an email and got in contact with them. So Donovan, what's the timeline look like? I mean, you could show up or you could bring a team, you could form a team there, or you could later come up with a team, but what's the next um, milestone? Milestone, uh, so roughly a month from the kickoff day on March 25th, we'll... um, We're going to put up like a a, a form online where folks can submit ideas, you know, let... There are criteria that we list on the site for the idea, so you've got to kind of get past that initial filter after that, then that one month, then we'll kind of inform the folks that who have submitted ideas that fit the criteria, that they are officially in the competition, and then, you know, all summer into fall to have their, uh, to, for development, and then we're targeting a demo day in October. And do you have any categories? I think there's a, you're thinking of a student category as well yeah, as other? Yeah, so the big theme is vai-vai, right? Okay. Water, water. Anything having to do related with water. Um We'll have different categories. You know, we've got an open category. We've got sort of a student category. So student-led teams can sort of compete amongst each other. And so the the Vivi is a theme, but the open category can be what whatever you want to do. Yeah, you know, it's even in and of itself, Vivi, the theme of water is pretty broad. Pretty broad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we're, we're, you know, we like to see as many ideas come in. I think the more the better. Yeah? So, mm-hmm. so if somebody mm-hmm. wanted to participate, if they want to find out about the kickoff or they want to be ready to form a team, where can they go for more information? Purple Prize. Com. That is easy to remember. That is too easy to remember. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it might even warrant some more information from these fine gentlemen. But uh, <laughs> uh, 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 for Vivi app, where can people download it yeah. or when, when can they look for it? Yeah, so I'll give more information on Saturday. But um, if they want any more information, they can go to hollypili.com. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, f- from as far as like maybe getting a beta out there that people could actually go to the Google Play Store or iOS, uh, you know, the uh, Apple Store. I mean, how long would that take? 
So tentatively, we're going to shoot for the ending of next week, which is the ending of spring break. All right. Very good. We'll well, so I got a great okay. spring break. Okay. <laughs> got, some, <laughs> got some objectives to meet. Got them on the record. Well, yeah. Donovan Keloa and uh, Kamu Inos, they're both uh, part of Purple Maya and the Purple Prize coming up. And, of course, Adam uh, Laimana is one of the key developers for the Vibe Bye app. We want to thank you all for joining us today. Thank you so much for having us. Mahalo nui. Mahalo. Mahalo. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week. We're going to talk about wireless broadband and 5G. And, of course, if you miss any part of this edition, you can find a podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chung, and our executive producer is Beth Ann Kozlovich. And, of course, until next week, stay safe, and we will see you on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.